Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. We're two weeks away from Halloween and the elections, but the scariest thing of all is the violent crime ramping up in Chicago and the chaos in the criminal justice system where people are resigning in droves from the prosecutor's office. And our guest today is Anna DeVolantis from WGN Radio and Next Star Media and News Nation talking about the problems facing the state and the city over the Safety Act and the ending of cash bail, the chaos of people arming themselves, the vigilanteism that's coming, and people trying to deal with the pressure by gorping down a lot of candy corn. Jeff Carlin is here as always, WGN producer, future physics teacher, my friend, and co-host. And Anna Devalantis, of course, as I said, is here. And where are you as the mayor tries to solve the city's problem with ridiculous TikTok videos? You're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. Plus. Look, the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. As promised, we're talking to Anna Devlantis. WGN Radio, Next Star Media, News Nation. She's doing it all, and I remember her when, years ago, I was writing a column at the paper. And she uh, inadvertently gave me a great column idea. She had done an amazing story about these girls being uh, harassing each other and uh, in Northbrook, Illinois, I guess, uh, what do they call that? Where they're, you know, like, it's not like a sorority rush, but it's powder puff hazing. Powder puff hazing, yeah. Powder puff hazing. (laughs) What a name. That that gave me an idea for a column. And then later on in in 2005, and she's won many Emmys. Okay, many Emmys. Yeah. And uh, she had gone up against the mob in Bridgeview. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing story, Anna, because we met at the Billy Goat. and You told me what was going on, and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it, that these cowards would treat you this way. Well, I remember you had written, you were so um, fearless, it seemed to me, about calling out known mob members. And at that time, the mob had so much more power than it does now. And I thought, gosh, how how can he do this? I mean, and then suddenly I find myself in the middle of a situation where the mob is influencing, go figure, the 
government and getting paid big bucks on the side. And this guy threatens me with a gun. And I thought, oh, my God. And it didn't end there. Then he decides he's going to threaten my family. He knows where I live. He's giving me details that very few people would know. Um, And I came to you. I remember just saying, what do I do here? How do I protect myself? I'm a single woman living on my own. And I'm not sure how to handle this. Did I get myself in too deep? And I remember you, you helped me out there. And you, you kind of said, John, I think this is so fascinating when you think about our times. You told me then that, uh, you know, sunlight is a disinfectant and it also protects you in some ways, because if you put it out there in the open, the heat will be greater on these guys who are the bad guys. And I thought, wow, how, how, how perfect is that? How right is that? And, and how right that should be? And I just I get concerned today that we aren't putting enough of a light on the people who are doing wrong and we aren't, we aren't spotlighting them. We aren't putting pressure on them and the consequences. And I know we'll get into that. I just wanted to say that. And the big thank you, if I've never said it before. Oh, you've said it many times. I just wanted the, I just want the listeners to realize that we're not just, you know, news people. We're also human beings. And uh, the risks that you've taken over the years on a, to uh, do the stories properly and correctly uh, is are profound, commendable, and beyond. And, uh, Jeff and I uh, are so well. I'm so happy to welcome. Yeah, you. Anna, so glad to have you here. You and I have worked together at multiple radio stations, just like yes. John and I, um, which is and was, we always had so much fun, but did so much great stuff. I mean, we we broke stories. We had award winning coverage of the Trump <laughs> rally in Chicago in 2016, <laughs> which was unreal. <laughs> Um, we and, had Trump on, remember? He came on right, that's to right. talk about his big, beautiful sign along the river. Right, that's and right. Really choked. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. And it, but and and but it, it, as much as it was fun to have, you know, we had a lot ton of good fun. But Anna, you're, like you said, John was saying you've got the history here. I mean, the, the old the, the diving stories in the river is one of my favorites you've done. But uh-huh. the real reason I think we wanted to get you here is because things are changing in this city. The city is is not the way it was back. You know, when the, you had the mob on one side and uh, the cops on the other, and then, the you know, maybe there was some interaction there, but uh, <laughs> we, we, knew, we knew the players who were screwing <laughs> us over, right? Now yeah. it seems like the everybody. Cop, the mob and the cops were on the same side. The people yeah. were on the other side. Right. right. And, the, and the politicians <laughs> were just taking orders. But that was then. Now, right. this is, now what I see, and I'd love to ask Anna, I, what I see is complete and utter anarchy. I see... I see a city and a state uh, going down the drain, and I see circling the drain ever faster and faster. You just look any time you look at the news, uh, you know the the safety acts coming. The the there was the story that Jeff uh, just uh, forwarded to us about more yeah. carjacking on the on the Dan Ryan. Right, that hell? one's horrible. You know, I got to say, John, I, I, I have, um, I'm a, I love Chicago in my heart. I just, it just it is the most amazing city in the whole entire world and is still today. And I remember over the years, as you guys both will too, people would come to you no matter where you travel. Say, oh yeah, Chicago. First it was the gangsters and then it moved into the violence. And for years we've had to defend our city about violence. Oh yeah, I'm not going there. Too scary. And it yeah. really wasn't. It, it really wasn't. Yes, we had a crime problem. But now I, I find it very uh, increasingly harder to tell people, no, it's OK. No, no, it's OK. I, I just got asked that if someone from Austin was going to bring a group from her business up and she said, um, should I be worried? And, I, you know, 
I didn't say be worried, but I don't want to be an alarmist, but I wanted to be a realist. And when you cite that we now have crime permeating every neighborhood and that, yes, they're slightly down year to year over extremely high numbers, um, it's still there's there's a violent crime problem and the solutions are not there. And the systems in place, I think, are so troubling to so many of us that we don't believe they're going to help get us to a better place. We believe that they're going to get us to a worse place in terms of crime. And that, to me, is sincerely troubling in the city that I love and I know both of you love. And it just it just hurts. It hurts to see that happen. And you're right. I mean, and one of the things that John and I talk about on the podcast, too, is this idea that like the institutions that were in place to maybe protect things or keep things running smoothly or, you know, think big thoughts to fix big problems. Uh, they've just almost all been been destroyed by activism. You know, the police, obviously, the police have plenty of problems. We joked about it earlier, but they that police, our police force in the city is, you know, it's been neutered heavily in the last five, eight years. And you look at the justice system, the justice system has been been under a barrage of all sorts of things. And now they're having trouble even keeping the, the wheels on the road. And then stretch it out again. Look at the city hall. I mean, there's an exodus of of older people from the city hall, and that that's a sign of problems too. So we, you know, we we mar- destroy our institutions. That we're left with just crumbles and and nothing to to fix these problems. Do well, you think, people are yeah? people are fleeing. They're fleeing government. They're fleeing police. They're fleeing our, our state's attorney's office. They're all these are veterans who are vested in the system and not all of them. I mean, yes, there's that that small percent, that small, small, very few Mm -hmm. numbers of people in the police department that I have spent a career exposing. And John has two who are not good. But the overwhelming vast majority of people in the police department are good and they Mm -hmm. want what's right. They want to have law and order in our city. They want to protect good people and, and get bad guys behind bars or at least have some semblance of a justice system that shows that there are consequences. Mm-hmm. And in the state's attorney's office, it's so troubling to see veterans who are vested in doing the right thing and are also they, they also are about social justice. They're about equity. And they they're leaving in droves from mm-hmm. Kim Fox's office now, too. It's like, where do we place our face in the system if all the people from within who want to do the right thing are fleeing? That's a really bad sign. In my view. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a good thing. And, and plus, you've got, you've got a completely different media landscape that's changed over the past couple of years. So that the people can't even, where do they go for, where do they go to get a straight look at things? Where do they go to have their points of view reflected in the public discussion? It's becoming ever fragmented, and it's not good for the city or the state or the the region at all. And uh, it's re- really troubling. To that point, John, uh, just preparing to talk to you about these issues, I just kind of scanned all all the recent headlines and went on the news sites and tried to understand the Safety Act. Um, you know, just a little more than I have, even though I've been covering it for a very long time and talked mm-hmm. about it at, at length when it was first introduced in that late night lame duck mm-hmm. session mm-hmm. in the middle of the night right. <laughs> in Springfield. Um, you know, it, I've been talking about it since, but I scanned the media landscape and looked at it, and there, the the, the prevailing thought is that no, the jailhouse doors are not going to open up and unload criminals onto our streets okay okay that's that's fair maybe that's not going to happen but at the end of the day there's so little scrutiny on the flaws in this that even the people who passed this law 
that passed yeah. this legislation who are the biggest cheerleaders are saying, we see there are flaws. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but we see them and we know they're there. We got we to work on them. Nobody's scrutinizing those flaws, which are going to have huge implications what on is our it, city. What is it when you have to go back and revisit and what, what's the uh, tweak? Tweak the <laughs> tweak, flaw. That, tweak. Right. Just a little tweak. Meanwhile, there are people who are, meanwhile, the 100 Hundred out of one hundred two prosecutors, Democrat and Republican, are are screaming bloody murder about this. And then you're going to tweak it. What? Who's going to get hurt as we're waiting for right. you to tweak it to protect your own? Pardon me, asses, mm-hmm. political asses in this in this environment. I I I don't know. I, I just well, in a tweak. If you talk about a tweak, one of the tweaks I see, which is oh my god, who would use that word? But it, it, the tweak, one of them is very clear to me. I mean, under this new law, there are entire categories of crime, aggravated batteries. You shoot someone, right. a robbery, a burglary. You're not eligible for detention, no matter the severity of the crime, unless they show a high likelihood of willful flight to avoid prosecution. Those people will not be locked up unless the prosecutors from Kim Fox's office can convince a judge that there's a high likelihood that you're going to run and avoid prosecution. I mean, what do they have to present? A plane ticket to the Bahamas? How do you, how do you show that there's a high likelihood <laughs> that you're going to flee to avoid prosecution? How do you show that evidence within 72 hours, which is also mandatory? Right. You're in court and have all the evidence you need to say, I need to hold this person because they're a wolf. They're, they're going to flee prosecution. I, I just don't. Is that a tweak or is that does that? That seemed to me like a huge bomb there that is waiting to explode on our on our neighborhoods. I, you and, know, it and it me. falls to the judge too, like you're saying. I mean, you know, supposedly the judges are going to have the ultimate discretion to, to, in theory, they could say yes, yeah, I agree, we're holding you, but that that opens them up for you know, lawsuits because this law is so tenuously drawn together that. You know, if, if you say, well, I'm going to detain this person. Well, what often we find that all of a sudden a year from now that all the people that are being detained happen to be black or brown or whatever. It's going to be the same exact thing that we ran into when they were trying to fight in the first place. And they have no answer for that. I mean, well, wasn't the whole point to try to you know, equalize the playing field and, and, and fix the problems? Yeah. And they yeah. haven't thought of it. They don't have an answer to that. You ask them about that. And they're like, well, I don't think that's well, you don't think well, that's the problem. You didn't write the bill to do what you wanted it to do. You wipe the bill so you get the headlines about it. And and that's where we're falling apart here. It seems like everything they do is is to make headlines and not actually fix problems. It, and but I, it, I, don't, I, don't know how I think it's there. worse than that. Jeff, I think it's worse than that. And, and mm-hmm. I, just if I may, because, yeah. Yeah. you know, I've covered state government for a long time. I've covered state attorneys. I've covered court cases. I've sat in court more times than I can count and, and certainly covered police issues and exposed corruption in all of those areas. But I start thinking like, Okay, so in my career, I have exposed flaws in our justice system. I, I did I did series of reports that, that won the American mm-hmm. Bar Association awards about exposing wrongful convictions and you know and, and false confessions and, mm-hmm. and the things that were really flawed about our system that that needed to be corrected. But when I see state legislature passing this this weighty of a bill, a seven hundred and sixty four page in the middle law, of the night. In the middle of the night at 2 a.m., dropping it on lawmakers' desks and saying, okay, it's 2 a.m. in 45 minutes, we're going to take a vote on this. And it means so much to our entire state. That's, to me, there's no integrity in that. There's no transparency in that. That's not the way good government gets done. And that's not the way you seek justice for your citizens. There should be more conversation on this, more input on this than anything, because it involves 
it, it impacts every family, every person, every citizen across the state of Illinois. And I've advocated, it's just I've, I've advocated that we uh, throw the whole thing out and start over again in the light of day where we discuss these issues because most people don't want, uh, you know, uh, don't want people to be stuck in jail forever. Like as if it was uh, the Chateau d'If in France, mm-hmm. you know, right. with, uh, for a <laughs> loaf of bread or right. uh, I'm there for, I stole diapers, you know, which is a lie, but that's what they, that's not what they're saying. And the difference what happened, but it's okay. When you started, when I started, when Jeff uh, and I and you were all working together, uh, there was uh, the news business was different. And now mm-hmm. what we're seeing is that, the, for example, my old newspaper, what I call the paper, the Chicago Tribune, uh, has endorsed Tony Preckwinkle, who's an author and supporter of the decarceration movement. Mm-hmm. in the jails and they've endorsed her and they've they've also partnered up with a group called injustice watch which is fine but injustice watch is an advocacy group all right they're for mm-hmm. the, the this uh this business of of this uh the the law you know the um safety the, the no cash bail law yeah and uh and I, I find this whole thing to be bizarre, like yeah. bizarre world, where, you know, like a Superman bizarre world where everything <laughs> Lex Luthor is, uh, is uh, I don't know, he talks differently. Yeah, I just can't. I don't get it. And uh, people don't get it. And uh, they don't like it. And so that, that creates even more uncertainty. And that yeah. creates more fear. And sooner or later, I have to tell you what's going to happen. And I, I don't want to be seen as controversial or <laughs> but i can see this is this uncertainty almost consciously done is this the kind of thing that promotes uh vigilante gangs yeah. because people are afraid just the other day Anna, i was thinking mm-hmm. about you coming on the podcast because i was out in the um and i don't know what your situation is at home but i was out in gray's lake Jeff and Anna, mm-hmm. and I was at this uh, Schutzen competition, which is a, a sport where people um, run their German shepherds through obedience training and protection oh. training. It's really something, these beautifully bred big German shepherds. And what, what I noticed was that many of the people doing this are women. So I asked a few, you know, at the, while we were, waiting and the the idea is that many women feel afraid in illinois that there's a certain they they feel that they they need a little bit edge in the protection because they just see the barbarism all around them and i'm thinking this is not this is not a good thing i mean i love schutzen i love the idea i'm probably probably going to get into it but i don't like the idea of people being afraid and when politicians don't give straight answers, uh, people generally get afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. Well, you talk about citizens taking action. I mean, what, that, this, this video that's trending right now is of this poor man clinging to the roof of his SUV after being carjacked, trying to beg his car back. It appears mm-hmm. clinging as the guy's yeah. fleeing. And, and you just think, okay, so, 
but then but then you just think is this what it come to that the citizens are going to have to kind of just just cling to their own vehicle at risk of their own life to try to get their car back and then at the end the guy walks out gets out because i guess he feels as if he can't take you know carry off this carry out this carjacking and there's an ankle monitor on his, yeah. he's yeah. got the bracelet on and i think Hello. well here's the perfect example do we need to say anything else here's a guy who's already out on some kind of a felony count and he's doing another one. This is the very type of crime that if you ask the state's attorney's office about or you ask anyone in our judicial system right now, they'd say, oh, no, 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 that's very rare. It doesn't happen. Right. It, it seems to me like it's happening all the time. And these poor people are clinging to the front. I mean, that guy could have been shot. Anything yeah. could have happened to him. But he felt that was the best move he had in this environment we live in. So what it's- are we supposed to do, Anna and Jeff? Are we all supposed to, you know, st- you know have, have sticks? In our in our holsters. Uh, yeah, I mean, are we supposed to have guns? Is that what we're I, we're going to? Because I don't like to. I mean, I'm I I moved out of out of Illinois and out of Chicago because I didn't want to have to carry a gun to go to the Walgreens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I I, I don't have a gun, but I will tell you more people I know who I never would have thought, never would have thought, are telling me that that is what they're doing. They're going through the concealed carry training. They're going to shooting lessons. They're, they're searching for weapons. I, I, I've never known so many people. I really growing up in Chicago and, and working in Chicago, I didn't know anyone no. other than police officers or law enforcement who had guns. And um, personally, I mean, who carried them, but now I just know so many people. I, I, I just, that are considering doing it. I don't think that's the answer though. We all can see where that leads. If people feel like they need to take justice into their own hands and, I, I yeah, just wild west. Right, right. Oh, I don't like it. I just but don't. But Anna and Jeff, that's what happens when people are afraid and they don't see, you know, and they don't see. They see like twenty uh, percent or more of the staffers at Cook County State's Attorney's Office resigning because they just can't deal with it, and mm. uh, that continues to aggravate and exacerbate the problem. Yeah, and then they're hiring people with very little experience, two years experience, I guess. Is yeah. That's two years more than us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I've, uh, maybe that's the route we can all take if we want to be the change we wish to see in the world. But I, I don't have hopes that that's going to work out well either when you have the veterans. And these are people who are resigning, and they're even complimentary of Kim Fox is a person, but not her policies. And they say that she is you know, more, more worried about public perception and – um, then she is about the victims of crimes, because that truly, at the end of the day, is what you're supposed to be fighting for, justice and fight for the victims, the people who are law-abiding citizens in our city who are, are just trying to get by the, their lives without being you know, shot at or in fear of carjacking or any a number of different crimes. And it feels as if that part is lost. And that, that, is, that is the piece that you know, ne- we need to regain. We need to bring back in Chicago if any of us wants to believe in the future. You know, the other thing that came to my attention too, and, and this is the other, you, you, know, you start talking, John, about what's down the road and Jeff, uh, you know, what we can see down the road. You're starting to see like the CEO of McDonald's talk to civic leaders. I don't know if you caught this. He gave yeah. a speech and he talked about how, you know, I've been approached why don't you leave and take your company and your corporate headquarters away? You got a crime problem there in Chicago. I mean, other cities are using this to their advantage to try to draw our employers away. And he said, you know what? If I'm getting this speech, I can bet, I can bet you that 
the other major corporate leaders across Chicago mm-hmm. are. And we've seen a couple of companies leave already. And I know politicians dismiss it, but you can't le- lose too many caterpillars or mm-hmm. you know too many major companies until Boeing's until it really starts to impact the entire community. And well, crime did, is the reason. Well, what did what did uh, what was Lori Lightfoot's response to what the McDonald's CEO said? Should I well, think, I think the, her response the, the, the was some snarky nonsense like he should educate himself like yeah like, yeah I, I, that's, I, that's what it was i mean she was she she took it on him as being you know though well he's you know he's just he's got an agenda or he's doing it to be you know to, to be yeah, how dare out there you? right and it's it's I mean, the same thing with like when the, they had the neighborhood groups who were paying for their own security and, and she admonished them for it meanwhile a week later she tells business owners on uh, on the mag mile that they should hire security so to protect their high-end watches and cars and whatever, because, you know, that's their job. And it's, it's just this idea that she's just, it's almost like she doesn't know what she wants to do. And I, I, I think we can see, you, you have to say that maybe she's not the direct cause, but this, this exodus of, of people leaving city hall, I, they didn't leave under Rom, and I can't imagine Rom was a great person to work for or work with, you know, an easy person to work with. And now they're leaving because of her, maybe, maybe not. But Anna, what do you think about that? Why do you think City Hall is just... Well, <laughs> I, I'd love to know what you think about my theory here. I have a theory here. Um, oh, and well, yes, they, they call it what the great resignation. Oh, okay. All right. Those are, those are, those are good jobs. And they, those people wanted to be there. And if you were going to give up, wouldn't you have given up in the middle of the pandemic? I don't know. Now it seems like it's uh, maybe, you know, whatever, there are all sorts of reasons coming up. But to me, I also wonder, I also wonder just uh, me being, you know, the, the, the reporter, I wonder um, if, there are um, other reasons for leaving that the exodus might have to do. I, Alderman Solis was wearing a wire for two years. Yeah. Others who are cooperating with the feds who said, I'll quit, but you know, I'm going to cooperate because we're going to have some major trials here. I don't think it's just Burke and Madigan who are caught on that wire. And I wonder if when the trials start, <laughs> they, a lot of new faces are going to pop up in the witness stand and are cooperating with the feds. And I, I just, you know, it, those are, other concern. I'm just putting that out there. I'm putting that out there. You, mm-hmm. you know, I just wonder, just knowing what I know about our government over the years. It's, yeah. I'm still waiting to find out who's official B. <laughs> <laughs> official B was uh, the one that was outside the, the, uh, the massage parlor. Right. When oh. uh, Danny Solis was being talked to by <laughs> talk, talking into the <laughs> wire about, you know, Hey, his preferences, his preferences <laughs> for Asian girls. And then, you know, okay, you know, whatever. And then we hear and Danny and you're the girl that we're, we set you up with is the, the one that, that, that official B really likes. And we don't know who B is. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, I figured. I, figured. I do you little pipsqueak. Coming for you, you little pipsqueak. <laughs> but it's not official, you know. Right. Well, and there's well, something to that. You're, you're you're certainly right, and it's it's this this you know, glut of everything that seems to be happening. Like the, the the institutions we know and use are all being eroded, and it's probably unfair to place all the blame on Lifefoot's lap. But I will say, and Anna, I'm sure you've seen this too, and I know John, you have. But 
it, there's this weird like two sides of her that I, I don't think talk at night or something there's like the media hungry side where she wants to be the cool kid and wants to be everybody's friend you know much like the a former ex-president and then there's like the the angry agenda i've got to things have to be a certain way but i don't know what that way is kind of side of her and it's i i just don't i just don't get it i just don't get it well, I think, you know, Jeff, to your point, I thought about that a lot, too, because I, I actually knew the mayor before she was mayor. And I she was a, she would mm-hmm. help me make sense sometimes of very complex issues. And so she was a source in that way. Yeah. And I, I always respected her for mm-hmm. kind of the reasons you're pointing out now that people are questioning her. And it's because of her rich life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a prosecutor. She took the right path in life and she worked her butt off in really difficult circumstances with a, a, a dad who had disabilities and a brother who led a life of crime. And, and she took the federal prosecution route out of what she was in and was it's just exceptionally smart and, and but but also wanted to create an equitable fair experience and she always said things like i don't want you to have to be me and beat these incredible odds in order to get to where i am i want to create opportunities for all kids who are smart of any color and, and i got on board with that when she was mm-hmm. first running i really did and I, I thought that she's got this life experience that is well suited to balance all of yeah. the things facing our city but then I think the criticism of her now is that she's trying to appease everyone in all of those categories. And mm. that's impossible to do in these circumstances. So I was, so Anna and John were on the lorry bus and now, and then I jumped off and she's, are you still on the lorry bus or at least you, it looks like you appreciate the complexity that of uh, the issues that she's facing and give her. I do. And I think anyone yeah. who says, well, get her out and put this, who's coming in. That's that's yeah. what I always yeah. say. It's like no, who, who sure. you're you placing her with. Tell me the person who's going to solve mm. the problems better. Paul and Vallis. I think that's a much harder question. Paul Vallis immediately. But that Lori, uh, no more hugs from for John Cass from Lori Lightfoot. But you know what? What about the what about the uh, the karaoke nonsense? OK, the city's falling <laughs> apart. People are getting uh, hijacked or carjacked. The. The, the state's attorney that she endorsed is losing control of her office. People are fleeing the, mm-hmm. the safety act. The criminals are coming up and all that. Yeah. And then she, what does she do? What does she do, Jeff? And she Anna? she uh, puts out a, a TikTok video, <laughs> which is that's what I'm t- I mean, that's the stuff that I think is weird about it. Like. I, there is, I don't know. Sorry for the squeaky chair, but yeah, that's yeah, okay, Jeff. That's the thing that I, that kind of is, is drives me crazy is that the the Lollapalooza stuff, the oh. videos, the all these things that are just one not really done that well to begin with. Like if you were, if she had some like really slick team and they were putting together these extremely glossy looking videos, I might be like, okay, well, sure, your your message is getting out there, great. But they, these things are just kind of haphazard and they're sometimes they're typos. They have their facts wrong in them sometimes. And it's just, uh. I don't understand what drives her to do that because like you said, she's got this background where she could, she has life experience. She could have some sort of positive insight in pretty much any situation affecting the city. Yes. And then she gets herself distracted on these things. And then she gets angry and vi- I mean, look at the Trump stuff, you know, when she, she get herself get derailed by him and is out there. And I don't think she's winning points with anybody. No one's like out there thinking, well, is she or isn't she a Trump friend? I mean, no one's, <laughs> no one wants, needs that from her. 
And and I think it's to your point that she just wants to make everybody happy too, and and try to be is this bigger than life thing. And in reality, I think she needs to stick to her strong suits, which are the idea of crime and justice, and and knowing the rules of the law and how the laws should should operate to everybody. But she understands I, that better than just about any politician right. we've had in Chicago. The, the, she understands the police force, you know, the head of the police board and working so closely with issues within the police department. She understands that on a very, very granular level and also a, a high level. And she she in the criminal justice system, my God, in mm-hmm. politics. And, you know, think about the, the feds investigating our pol- politicians over the years and the closeness she's had to some of those things. She she has that experience. It just. I, I don't know. I mean, John, where do where do you see this uh, mayor's race going? Because I think that's the question I get asked the most. I would like her to. I would like her very much to leave as soon as possible. I I did support her as you did. I supported her for many of the reasons you supported her. I thought she was different, a breath of fresh air. When she lost control of city of uh, the city during this second and first and second black lives matter riots uh that was a mark against her and then when she and later endorsed kim fox when she knew endorsing kim fox would accelerate this downward spiral uh, you know this whirlpool that the city and the state were being sucked into she she still went ahead and did it and endorsed her for re-election and I can't forgive that, and I think she has to go. And so, I hope you know either uh, you know there's there's several candidates out there, but I think what the Chicago needs is a manager and yeah. someone someone to someone to um, impose a little order, you know, because mm-hmm. there is no order now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered about that Kim Fox. Um, yeah. endorsement myself too because she had been highly critical of her on a number of yes. news conferences mm-hmm. remember she kind of went mm-hmm. off and said well we gotta hold these people our prosecutors have to do their job and she was really clear about where she stood yeah. and then turned around and said you know I endorse her and we thought woo where did that come yeah. from I remember <laughs> and it calling, seemed like all politics to me I remember calling her and saying what what are you what's going on what are you what are you doing and she's like oh I you know Kim Fox is not going to be reelected. I go, then why are you endorsing her? That's kind of not to tell tales out of school, but that's one of them. (laughs) And uh, that was it. That was it, you know, for us. Yeah. There was kind of that private thing where you sort of knew she wasn't on board. And then the public announcement that sort of shocked a lot of us who who knew that she wasn't on board with that and looked at that as a problem. Gaslighting the public on issues of public safety. Is not a smart thing. No. No. Uh, and no, speaking no. speaking of silly things, and this is just 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 kills me because it's it's a, it's mismanagement at its best. The the Black Club Chicago. I think I sent this story to you guys, but there's a, a crazy story, and of course, it, it's coming from uh, it's the, the critics as it's because in the headline, there's thousands of trees bought for city programs still in lot as frost approaches. Critics say the critic there is being Ray Lopez, which is no surprise, but it's happening in, in his, <laughs> near his ward, so. But this, the, the gist of it is the city spent, spent something like $46 million to buy 75,000 trees for the city. And they haven't started planting any of them. And they have to get them in the ground before it frost. And they're like, wow, we want to do this thing. Like, it's a, that's the thing. That's the thing where it's like they know the headline they want to create. 
and they have nothing to back, no real execution to back up that idea. The oh, 75,000 trees. Oh, that's great for the city. Oh yeah. 75,000 trees are now sitting in a lot and probably going to freeze to death. I mean, that that's the stuff that drives me insane about the city and that there is no management. There is no leadership to it. And I think you're, I mean, I would love to see her as the run the police department and have uh, Paul Vallis be sitting in the mayor's seat. And the two of them could certainly make the city hum and and do wonderful things. But I don't think we're ever going to see that. Uh, no, I would like no. to see her in a canoe, <laughs> John. canoe floating down the Chicago River and disappearing, but <laughs> singing, perhaps singing some karaoke songs along the way, and at her voice echoing on the. On the canyon, the canyons of uh, the skyscrapers of the Chicago River. It would be wonderful. All I was thinking, looking at those trees, is don't have me plant them because every single one of them will die. In my history, on, I man. actually planted one outside of our house because we lost a tree. It fell down in lightning storm. And the tr- I watched it slowly die, and I never understood why. I blamed the dogs in the neighborhood for peeing on the uh, soil. So it's their <laughs> fault, not mine. But I, I don't know. We, we need someone to plant these, someone with a better green thumb than mine to get yeah. out there and get them in the ground. Because how great would it be to see those trees out there? Sure. I mean, that's awesome. Would be awesome. We need we need trees. We don't we're tired of the racist trees and we want <laughs> we want equity trees, you know, but you can't. Unfortunately, as Jeff points out, you can't have them. You can't plant them in frozen ground. Right. <laughs> right. You're it's running out good. of time here. We got we got yeah. a time. November Locked 2nd again. is the first freeze last year. Yep. <laughs> All right, let, you know, I, I do have to ask you a question because we're almost at uh, Halloween. And I uh, yeah. need to know from Anna, mm-hmm. candy corn, yes or no? I'm no. Are you a candy <laughs> corn person? Are you- I don't know, understand the hate on this whole thing. Oh Wait, where does God, that come from? It. I love that stuff. And uh, I will only eat it once uh, a year because uh, it's uh, disgusting. Uh, it's disgusting 364 <laughs> days of the year. One day of the year, I got to bite into it. I love it. And it's so sickly sweet. But hey, don't forget, the first candy corn was started by Brock's in Chicago, yeah. a Chicago company in like 1906 or something. So we got We got to support it. We got to support it. It's but the candy version of Malort. Yeah. Wait, wait, whoa! How? What? Is, where does that? I don't understand that. Why she's is it so bad? Such a candy corn lover that she's getting. <laughs> so gross. She's really, look at her. Yeah, uh, it's like sugary, waxy. I, I mean, ah, no, I'm good. It's I'll so take good. It. You can have mine. I love it. I love it. I just don't like the pumpkin ones because it's just a little too much. Just in the shape <laughs> of the candy corn, it's the perfect amount in the in the pumpkin shape. Forget about it. I can't do those. <laughs> Sorry, there's, some, the line. there's some psychology there. They keep selling millions of them. So I don't know. I, what it for is. some reason, I'm I'm envisioning Anna Devalantis dressed like as a stunning witch for Halloween, like you know, <laughs> with a pile of candy corn in front of her. But only or maybe the- I'll dress up as candy corn just to get you know get back at you guys and <laughs> right. make you guys like have to deal with that. I mean, that might be my new costume. I might even put my dog in a candy corn costume this year. There you go, excellent. You should put, and let's put it on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh God. <laughs> Full circle, Anna. The dancing candy corn. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, that's, what, that's what we need. It's been great. Thanks so much for joining us and jumping us. Oh, and, and you want to plug anything you got where you're working on or yeah, I'm on with Bob Surratt every single week for this week in Chicago history, which mm-hmm. is why I had the Brock's reference there. We actually covered that recently, nice. but then also, also um, I do some special projects too for the station and I'm on news nation 
Um, Nexstar is, of course, the owner of both. And uh, one of the things we're working on is a new report that I think you will appreciate. Maybe you'll even have me back to talk about it, sure. about speed cams. Wow. Speed cams. Oh. The dreaded speed cams. We found some information that I think, I think... You're going to be you're going to laugh and cry about at the oh, same time. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure you will. We'll be we'll be uh, tuned in for that. And uh, and say hello to Bob for us and tell him if you could, that uh, I still use his trick. You know, every Christmas when I when I'm walking through uh, like the Oak Brook Mall parking lot, I, t- I dangle my keys at my side. <laughs> and and watch everyone following me. They follow they follow you like you you're like you're uh like you have catnip in your hand and you're a bunch of bleeping cats. And you took a you. cab to the mall. What? And you took a cab to the mall. It's the best. Part. Yeah, yeah. I took a cab. Uber. Yeah. There's a parking space. I can smell it. I know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a TikTok video, John. Speaking of Thanks, TikTok Anna. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Anna. Thanks, Anna. Take care. You too. Good talking with you. For Anna Devolantis, WGN Radio, Next Star Media, and News Nation, our friend, offering some valuable and honest insights about how we cover crime in the midst of chaos. And for Jeff Carlin, of course, WGN executive producer, award-winning master of pies, master of cats. And me, I'm John Cass, husband, father, executive editor of your favorite website, johncastnews.com. And we're going to be coming up with premiums like cool don't be a chumbalone hat for yearly subscribers. Thanks for joining us on the Chicago Way podcast. And join us again next time, won't you? On the Chicago Way on WGN+. Plus.